everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is Irene representing CBiz Media and LICMC Radio. We are so glad that you guys joined us tonight. We have a very special interview with a great young lady, Amina Scott. And we are so glad to have you on the line with us. You have a great testimony that you're going to share with us. And I personally just want to, again, welcome everybody for coming on in. Thank you for being a part and participating. If you would like to support our radio station and our network, you can do so at dollar sign L-I-C-M-C-R-A. That's dollar sign L-I-C-M-C-R-A. And that will be a great support to keep us going with our radio and all the projects that we are doing. So we have a great lady here on the line. Hi, Amina. How are you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> you seem so happy and excited. I'm so glad to have you on with us. And she looks like a bright light. So I hope she's lighting up our night right now. <laughs> How are you doing? Can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm from Washington, D.C. Um, my mom, me and my mommy, we still live in Maryland, but then we moved to Washington, D.C. So I've been in Washington, D.C. for a while. <laughs> okay. So how did you like, how do you like Washington, D.C. while you're there? Been there for a while, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm used to <laughs> spaces, being a little more spacious. And D.C. is uh, a little cluttered, so it's like small. So, you know, I, I do I do miss Maryland. <laughs> okay, I understand that. So tell us a little bit about, like, what have you been doing? Um Tell us a little bit about your testimony and what you want to share with us tonight. Okay, my um, well, I was my testimony is um about my symptomatic lupus and also um my suicide depression that I went through from losing my brother's last cousin. And um, <clears throat> you lost your brother. Yeah, he's um he's really my cousin, but I. We was like brothers and sisters. So I called him my brother. <laughs> wow. So can you tell us a little bit about your lupus journey? Like, how did you find out you had lupus? Like, tell us how I first started. Well, I was five. And um, five wow. when I um, I started having seizures real bad. Um, so, and high blood pressure. My blood pressure was like 200. And, um... So I kept getting sick. I went to see a, we went to go see, my mommy went to go see a neurologist first because, you know, of the seizures. But as, um, it wouldn't get no better. It wouldn't get no better. So we started going to, um, we was in children's as well. So since I had my children neurologist doctor, he recommended me to go to a rheumatologist doctor. And that's when they started doing this. a lot of tests and a lot of tests. And that's when they found out that I had, had lupus, had symptomatic lupus. And they was like, wow, I can't believe she had this, um, lupus because it, it's very rare for a kid to have lupus. Um, that's what they told my mommy. And about six years old, when they did, um, had these tests and all these done, I had, they discovered that I had to get a biopsy and the kidneys, they couldn't save my kidneys. So I had to get both of my kidneys taken out. Yeah. 
So how, the eight six I didn't have no kidneys. How old were you when you had when that happened to you? The kidneys. I was, was six years old when when wow. I had to get my kidneys taken out. Yeah. Uh, well, no problem. Mm-hmm. Such as a young child. How did that affect your childhood growing up? Like uh, it, it affected it a lot because I always had to stay in the hospital. I couldn't go no weed, couldn't be in the sun that long. Um, I had nosebleeds. So my mom was very protected um, with me. And I had to be on dialysis. Um, I tried both. My mommy wanted me to be on hemodialysis. I mean, not hemo. Hemo one is the arm. This is the, see, this is the one with the graft. That's the one with the arm. That's my first shot right there. And that's hemodialysis. That was my second choice. But peritoneal dialysis is when you go do it. In, it's in the stomach, like right here. And I didn't like that. I'm telling you, I didn't like it. it when it drained, you could feel it. You could really feel it. So I was kind of glad that it got infected. Not that, not about the infected, but that I didn't have to be on it. And I went to the hemodialysis. But one thing about that, I had to get needles. And I was afraid of needles. So it, it took me out of fear of being afraid of needles. Because now I'm not afraid of them. I just get them in like that. <laughs> So, um, so both are both your kidneys are, are both your kidneys are gone. Are you still on dialysis? No, I'm not on dialysis now. No, I had got a kidney transplant May 15, 2020. Amen. Praise mm -hmm. God. How's that going for you? That's going great. It's going great. Um, my kidney transplant, I love it. It, uh, it does have its ups and downs, you know. Um, it has its ups and downs, but most of the time it's fine, you know. Because I, I've heard that you do your body to have to adjust when you get transplants. Was it easy for your body to adjust? Not the first time. The first time I uh, I went through a lot with my being far as my kidney transplant because before I even got my kidney transplant, um, my graft, which I had the stent caught infection it caught infection and so that never happened to me before so that was a, a first time thing for me and so I couldn't get no graft nowhere else because my veins are so small so um so that I had to learn how to walk again I mean I had to because of that infection yeah, um, because of the infection. I thought it was my lupus playing back up. It was so scary because I couldn't even walk on my um, left hip. You know, I couldn't walk on my left leg because it was hurting. Like, um, I didn't even know that it was infected. You know, mm -hmm. I just come home from church, me and my, my big sister, and it was on her birthday. And I just started feeling cold, you know, real cold. And and everything like that. And since I'm anemic, you know, I'm thinking that that's just, you know, you just mean cold. Mm -hmm. But then I started feeling real warm, like real warm, like I, like I'm on fire. And the doctor told me if I didn't, if I didn't come in that day, I would have died. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
you're just a miracle, a walking miracle. And we just thank God that he had you here with us today. You guys yeah. are with us here on LICMC Radio, also CBiz Media. And we'll be replaying this later tonight at 10 p.m. if you guys want to check it out later tonight as well. And we'll probably be playing it throughout, adding to our rotation, because we want to share this powerful story with you guys. And uh, Amina just has a, a powerful testimony. And, and we can learn a lot through people's testimonies and what they've gone through. And some of the that Amina has um, said, like being anemic, I, I can, can relate to that part. Um, I'm a cancer survivor, so... Thank um, you. I had some health issues of my own, but I was that was later in life. Like to see that you had to deal with that at such a young age, and and you're still fighting, and God is keeping you. So you are just an awesome testimony. I want to get into about the suicidal um, issues that you were having. You were feeling because of loss of your cousin that you said really feels like your brother. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. I was still on dialysis at that time when my, my brother slash cousin passed. Um, we was the 12th in the family. His birthday is June 12th. My birthday is March 12th. So it was, we was like this. It was like, couldn't, couldn't separate us. Um, and um, it was just this night. He wanted to hang out with my, our, you know, my big brother. He wanted to hang out with, you know, his big bruh. He called him bruh and everything. That's how he was. He was that close. And he was like, I'm going to go to the club. So he went to the club that day. And he told me, and I told him, I told him that day, stay home and everything. Said we go down down the shell, down on 4th Street, go down the shell and get some lays, you know, salt and vinegar. And we can watch out Friday. Watch Friday, Bad Boys. Those are two major, major movies that we liked at the time. Bad uh-huh. Boys and Friday. We could crack on some jokes on Chris yeah. Tucker and all that. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So he didn't, but he wanted to hang out. You know, hang out. I could, couldn't stop that. You know, teenagers. <laughs> so, um, so then um, he gave me a kiss on the cheek. Told me, said, "Sis, I love you." And I see we can watch all that when he when he get back. So um he he came back. Something told him to come back. He left his key. And I was like, see, you always you always forget stuff. And you know, I gave him back his keys. And um I told him I'll wait up for y'all. So that day I wait up. It was about four o'clock. And we got a phone call about four o'clock and and um saying that they um was locked up. But they didn't say nothing about my brother. You know, when you're, you're on the phone, they're not going to tell you everything that's, that happened. Mm-hmm. But what happened was the older guy um, got jealous of um, over my big brother. I mean, not my big brother, but my cousin, my my brother's cousin. And and he he's like a protector, so he likes to protect people. Um, and, you know... The, the man, the older man, got his goons. He was a coward because he couldn't face him himself because my, my brother slash cousin was a fighter. He would always fight, I mean, you know. And um, they blocked him in, and he got shot. He got shot. 
and he died in my big brother's arms. And um, by the time I got home, he just broke up with his baby mother. So time I got home, I seen all these people, like all these people just hanging around. Worst day of my life. And I said, um, I was just, I'm all smiling, you know, because I don't know what's going on. And I'm seeing his baby mother right there. He just broke up with her. And I said, see, I told you he was going to come back to my brother, you know. And I go through the go through the door, go through the go through the tunnel, hit my door. But something, something went through me. I mean, it was like I couldn't even open the door. And I'm like, something ain't right. You know, something ain't right. You know, just get this feeling. Like something right. So some went, like I said, a presence went through me. And I'm thinking, thinking it's my big brother, to be honest. Cause he could, you know, I'm not saying that my big brother can't run. My big brother could run, but not as fast as my brother, not as fast as he could. You know, he could be a track star. Wow. And and um, so I'm like, okay, I get in there, see my aunt boyfriend, my aunt boyfriend tell me that uh that I don't even know what's going on. And that right there took me to another to another level because I didn't know what was going on. See all these people, these family members that hardly come in, you know, come over. And now my mommy tell me, come to the bathroom. She wanna talk to me. She never tell me she wanna talk to me in the bathroom. So I knew something was up. I look, I see my see my big brother in the, in my aunt my aunt's room. Look to my my dad. And I don't see I don't see him. You know, so um, he said, that's what my mommy told me, that he passed. And like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, not believing that. Even at his, even at his, even at his funeral, I didn't, I seen his body and everything. I didn't, I didn't believe that he was right there laying in that, laying in that casket. Like, I was like, um, this is not, this is not him. I don't know why everybody crying, you know, so. I'm so Sooner or later, I went. I went to um, community college. Went to community college. Graduated. Went to community college. Did visual communication. Did this paper. My teacher wanted me to do. And you don't know when your depression is gonna, you know, hit because everybody look at me as a strong person in the family. So they don't. They don't think that you wanna. You wanna fall. You know. So and that day. My teacher told me to write this paper. I did. It was the meaning of life, which it was very terrible. Like I had the devil in there, in the earth, and everything like that. And I was really bad off. Like I was in really in a dark place. And even though I didn't see that I was in a dark place, I I could look back and see that I was very in a dark place. And we went. Everybody was crying. Everybody's giving me hugs, and I still didn't understand why they was giving me hugs and you know, hugging me and everything. I didn't want nobody to touch me. I was so not touch, you know, untouchable and everything because I didn't want, I didn't want to feel no, no type of emotion. Like I was, I was just out of it. And we went to, um, we went to Chili's. My friends turning it up and everything. Me, that's when I decided, just sitting there, decided I wanted to, you know, just want to end it. Like it was nothing here for me. Like, and they having fun, and I'm looking around. All I can see 
is all I'm thinking about in my mind is I want to be with my brother slash cousin. I want to be with him. That's all I'm thinking about at that time. And I tell you, I missed four days, four days of dialysis. My face was so fat. It's so fat, full of fluid, everything, toxins build up, everything. So that night, I had, I was, um, we was in the living room, and my heart was pumping, like it was coming out of my chest. Like it was just, it just went in my hand, and like I visualized that it was pumping in my hand. And it was saying, help me, help me, you know, help me. You know, it's talking to me. I'm like, what? What's going on? You know, I started crying and crying to my mom because I'm like, I'm mommy, I'm scared. You know, I said I was scared, but not scared to die, but scared of what was going on with me. You know, and my aunt, I'm going to tell y'all, anybody that's listening, I'm going to tell you, God is so good. Because this is when God steps in was savory for me. He, he brought my aunt there. My aunt never come, never come 8, 11 something at night. She came, my aunt, my aunt Shirley, my aunt, my cousin, my cousin Angel came that night. I'm telling you, this is, when you see them and they know that we didn't have no way to get up to the hospitals. You know, to the hospital, and they took me all the way up Georgetown. Could have took me anyway, but they took me all the way up Georgetown. And by the time I got up there, I couldn't walk. Couldn't if I took a step, I would have went in cardiac arrest. Whoa. And again, the nurse came and wheeled me, picked me up, will put me in a wheelchair, and checked my heart. And she said, "Uh, uh-uh, I can't believe this." But by the time she went to the second round to check it. I was already in cardiac arrest. And I saw, like, and I'm like, I died. And I literally see, and it's no, I'm not lying. I see my mom. I see my mom. I see me laying down on the table. I see the doctor doing all this. But I see my mommy holding my hand, calling me Mimi. My mommy called me Mimi. She's like, Mimi. Mimi, come back. Mimi, come back. And everybody there. And it, but it wasn't my time. God wanted me to go back into my body. And I was so mad at God. Mad. I was furious with God because I didn't want to go back to the body. I didn't want to go back to the world. But I had to be obedient. And I went back to the went back to my body. Went back to my body. And I was in there for, I think, a month or two, probably in the hospital. And they told me why my, um, what happened. My potassium was like 14.3. And they mm. put, they put the, uh, uh, my face and everything and said, this is a miracle, walking miracle. Nobody ever lived with a high potassium of 14.3. And, um, and I, um, went to dialysis. And I finally cried about Robert Sledge Cousin. As a matter of fact, I was listening to Tevin Campbell, Never Say Goodbye. And I cried right there and finally released all that, you know, released it. And my sister Brenda, she asked me to go to church. She been asking me to go to church for a long time. 
And since my mommy and them, they are Catholic. They are Catholic. And now I'm Christian. See, it was it was it was a blessing to me because I wouldn't be saved today, you know. And I went I went to church, which my pastor is today. My pastor, he touched my head, touched my head, and I felt something in me when he touched me, you know. And when you go in a church you've never been, you know, you see them dancing and crying. You don't know what they're doing. Why, why are they doing that? Because, you know, in Catholic, they don't do that stuff. They don't do that. They just kneel down, listen to the psalms, sing psalms, and go to the, you know, confession stand, you know. And right. that's about it. And they don't do all that dancing and crying and thank you, Jesus, and all that stuff. They don't do that. But this, it turned my life around. It turned me. Oh, it turned me around. And when my sister told me it was God, that was, I never felt that before, you know. I always felt that I was a burden, that I wasn't loved. In my depression, that's how I felt, you know. I felt left out, cast out, because nobody wasn't hearing me, even though I wasn't talking. So, and it was, uh, I felt, when I felt that, that love, you know, God, felt like, oh my goodness, I want that, you know, I want that again. And I told God I would never take my life again, never do that. And I was so happy to go through all that, but I was so happy that he showed me mercy as well. Amen. Thank you. So I, I, I love your testimony and what you're sharing with us right now and giving your life to, to the Lord and you keep mentioning your mommy, and I have a close relationship with my mommy as well, and I call her mommy too. <laughs> yeah. um, that's my, that was, that's my idea. She's been there with me forever. I hear you. I feel you. I feel the same. So, like, tell me a little bit more about your relationship with your mother and just that connection you guys have. We have a, <laughs> we have that great connection. Like, me and my mom, it's like, Oh my goodness. If it wasn't for my mommy being a tough, hard sky, I never seen my mommy cry. Even though through all the stuff I went through, all the stuff I went through, I never seen her cry but one one time, no, two times. The time that I killed my almost killed myself. And the time my grandma, her mom passed. The only two times I seen her cry. You know. And She's a soldier. Like she, she used to get off of work and knowing that the doctor was calling her to say I had to get admitted. My mommy worked at the Pentagon. Wow. So she was like, "Was no problem." It's like it wasn't no problem. Like she wore so many hats. Like and as a child, you try to try to see. Look at your mom. You know, you look at your mommy and. You, you, you mimic those things that she is, you know, replicate yeah. the things that she is. And I tell you, I don't care. Nobody messes with my mommy because they know who gonna come for it. Uh-huh. I'm with my mommy all the time, and I love her. I love my mommy all the time. Our relationship, really, I wasn't a bad child. Let <laughs> me say that I was always in the hospital. Sometimes, you know, in your teenage years, like you. You know, your mom get at it because you want to be outside with your friends and 
She like, you see those street lights? That's my mommy. See, they, I got old parents. You see them street lights? When I say that, when I tell you, you know, street lights coming on, that's what, that's when I want you in the house. You know, or she'll say, now she'll call me too. She'll embarrass me, call me outside the window. Oh, me, 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 you know. Or she, if she don't get that, she walking around to come and get you. And then when you, when she have to walk, she's going to fuss the whole time. <laughs> you got me out here walking and I know you heard me calling you from that window. Now, I know you don't want me to ground you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I say something, I mean, that's what I mean. You know, my I call my mom the great white. I don't mess with her. When she get mad, I know when to back off. I know when that that mom, great white coming up. A lot of us can relate to those type of mamas and mamas don't play. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't mess with her. When she give me that look, that's all I need. I'm going in the other room. Like if she said, like if I don't agree with her or something, she said, What you say, little girl? What you say? No, you say nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. get up. I don't got no zip. I might say something under my breath, and it'd be so cool because she she can hear it. You know, my mom got a good hearing, so she she can hear. What you say? What you say? I thought you said something under your breath. I'm Always like, hearing, and they got an extra eye in the back of their head. Yeah, that's I be like, they have. <laughs> oh, that's what you say. Oh, cause I I I straighten you out. You 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 need some straightening. I said no. Go, right. go study. Do something. Yeah, go 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 read a book. That's what you do. Like, and I knew how. And that, one thing um, I like about my mom <laughs> is I know how to get her off get off punishment too. I know how to get off punishment. I could bug my mommy. Tell me, oh my goodness, one time my mom put me on punishment for two weeks for sleeping in class. It was, you know, it's not like I didn't do the work. I did do the work, but hey, I finished before everybody and. The class was history, and it's really boring, you know. So I told my mommy that I said, "Mommy, you 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 know the history class is very boring. I did my work. I don't see why I got to get punished. Oh, you don't see why? Cause you not paying attention in in your class. I don't care if you first one finish your work. You that's not a napping camp. And oh my goodness, it did. She had me um do stuff around the house, study, definitely study, but oh my goodness. I start asking her all types of questions. And I know she does, she get it tired of it. Oh my goodness. She like, girl, go, 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 go. <laughs> You show love to your mom and all the moms. And um, also the name of your cousin that passed on. His name was Tyrone Anthony Wise Jr. We called him Lord Tyrone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Passed away in 2002. So this interview is, is definitely in memory of him as well. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you as far as your mental health, we know that you connected with God and that's, and that's a part of it. But like, how did you, um, after you went through all of that, how do you maintain your mental health? With all things going on with you, like you said, some of your health challenges and the passing of your brother and brother slash cousin, like how did how do you maintain your mental health through all of those challenges? I just go to God. 
I said, like, he my stress. Like, he's everything to me. Like, um, I didn't even go through therapy. I didn't go through, I didn't go through no therapy because um, I didn't know, you know? And it was, I went through a lot of stuff. I went through two rapes. God still kept me. I could spend my time with God and and now that's what keeps me going because I feel like, yes, I went through a depression, but I overcame it. I overcame it. Yes, I have I had somebody to talk to, God to talk to. I had people in my church to talk to, my nana, nana, my pastor, my first lady. Um, they awesome, you know, um, awesome team. And I it just got me out of not keeping everything in, you know, because I was known for that. I was known for not expressing how I feel, not expressing how I'm, what I'm thinking in my mind, and I let it all just stay in me. Feel mm-hmm. And that's something that I that's something that I always want to encourage people. If you're going through something, speak on it. Speak on it. Write it down. Write it down. If you write it down, at least it's out of you, you know? Speak of it. If you speak out of it, speak out about it, it's coming out of you more. I used to be nervous to talk about my brother slash cousin that died because I was still emotionally getting myself together through it. And now and I see where God is bringing me to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. Amen. Thank you for the advice. You know, we do need a support system. And like you said, we need to release, write it down, something. Mm-hmm. Different things work for different people. Some people do need therapy. Um, having a, a, a faith-based church foundation definitely helps. So all these things can be a help. But I, I like what you share and what worked for you. Mm-hmm. And somebody can be blessed by that information in their own lives and in their own stories. Now. You do have more to your story. So how can people follow you to know more about you, what you're doing? I believe you have some projects and whatnot that you are working on. You've been doing interviews. You kind of put the word out and let people know you're available to share this testimony. So how can people connect with you? Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, Amina Scott. And I'm on IG, Amina Scott. And also TikTok. I mean, it's well, my TikTok, I'm on all three platforms, um, prayer, I mean, I always ask um, for, I do my Team Jesus on Facebook, Team Jesus all day on Facebook, so if you, you know, desire prayer, I'm always on there, I'm always available. Um, Team to Facebook page, or is that on yeah. your Amina Scott page. That's that on Amina Scott page. Okay. I was trying to push it over to a different for it to have its own platform. I'm doing working on that. So I okay. think you can have its own platform. But it's on my personal page right now. So I bring it over to the, my other to have its own platform on that. I got you. So do, do you have any final words you want to share with everybody before we say see you later, Amina? <laughs> Yes, I, I want to say um, I just thank God for 
thank God for everything. And I thank God for always giving him the glory. And I want to thank God for you letting me be on the show. And I also want to encourage others, those that are sick, never to give up on their dreams, never to give up on themselves, you know, never, never believe because you're sick. Things is not possible for you. That's all I want to say to y'all out there um, that's sick early on, definitely early on in stage. You got to just, disability that don't mean that you are outcast you matter you matter you matter to god you matter to me so i say that to everybody out there so that's going through even depression i say that too it's always an outlet for something you matter don't let don't let the devil tear you away and don't let people stir you away only lean on god amen thank you thank you so much we love having you Thank you, Bright Sunshine. Thank you for showing us that despite all the challenges in life, you can still have that bright sunshine, that light, the light of the, mm -hmm. the love of the Lord coming out of you and out of your life. Thank you so much. Until next time, Irene, LICMC Radio, CBiz Media. Thank you. God bless and have a good night. Good night. <laughs>